This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, This week, I've got a special guest with me, uh, one of our leaders here in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, I went through the journey, and he's guided groups, and uh, and, uh, he's got a very unique story. Uh, We've actually done a podcast of Jason speaking at it to a local group here a couple years ago that was very powerful in his testimony. He'll, he'll get into that in just a minute. But, uh, but you know, in the journey, we, we really encourage men to learn how to abide in Christ so they can become disciples. And then we challenge them to go live it out and live it out in your marriage, live it out with your kids, but live it out in whatever your calling is. And so, so my guest today is Jason Maxwell. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Brian. And Jason is uh, living out uh, his calling uh, and what God has put on his heart in uh, to help other people out there uh, with with an issue that I, that he was helped with, um, and the issue was homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if "issue" is the right word, but uh, <laughs> but you'll you'll straighten out a hindrance. On that. However, we want to look <laughs> hindrance, at that. Hindrance, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a. A hot topic today, I feel like, um, with uh, a lot of media and stuff that's out there and a lot of messaging that's going on. And and I know I have kids that are uh, young adult children, and they're a little confused about what to think about that from a Christian perspective and mm-hmm. all that. So, so, uh, so, Jason, I want you to just to maybe give them your 10-minute testimony of, uh, of kind of the powerful experience you had and what God showed you and uh, a little in your experience. And then we'll get into kind of where God's leading you now. So uh, okay. wherever, you want to, wherever you want to start. All right. Awesome. Well, first, just thank you for, for this and the opportunity just to uh, share my heart again. Yes. And uh, share our daddy's heart um, for people like me and people that have experienced the same kinds of things that I've experienced. Um, So I guess the best place to kind of start is um, really just the heart of love that God has for all of us, um, no matter what our issues or hangups are. Mm -hmm. And he definitely calls us into greater relationship with him and the ability to walk in holiness and our sanctification process and all of those things. Um, But we all have unique things that we have to overcome, which is part of our own journey. Mm -hmm. And so when um, I'll kind of go back. So uh, when I was somewhere between five and eight, um, I uh, was sexually abused um, multiple times. And that really just kind of distorted my view on love and relationships and what it looked like to connect to people. Um, So so because of that, um, it kind of led me, it opened a door really for the enemy to uh, continually attack my mind. Um, And so by the time I was 18, you know, I fully believed I was gay, but I had no idea how to reconcile that with my Christian upbringing, knowing my parents weren't going to accept that, Um, you know, and the enemy really used that to instill fear in my heart that they would completely reject me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the media and movies are very good at uh, spilling out that 
message that, you know, if if you're gay, you're going to be rejected by the church. You're going to be rejected by your family. There's, uh, you know, therefore you have to build a really strong, strong shield and be basically get to the point that you're willing to just give all of those people up in order to live who you think you have been created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason you think that, um, you know, is because it doesn't feel like a choice. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I have yet to meet any any gay person that just truly says, yeah, from a young age, I just was so on fire to be gay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so there's a real need to find acceptance for all of us, which is natural. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so at 18, I found myself suicidal um, because I couldn't uh, reconcile those things and I didn't want to give up my family. But I also knew that, I mean, I remember thinking then how there's no way that I'm going to go get married, have kids and not be able to deal with this and struggle with this my whole life and then have to come tell my wife, my kids, or leave them and get divorced or any of those things. And I remember really struggling with that then. Um, And so that just wasn't an option. Living my life as a liar wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And because I truly felt that I was born that way and I had no choice because all of my sexual desires were towards men, I just couldn't live a life of lies, basically. Mm. And so that meant that I either had to come out or die. Mm. And so I I chose that death was a better option. And so in that moment, um, you know, it was one of the first times I really remember God speaking to me. Um, And it wasn't audible. Um, but it was clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was that if I killed myself, then the devil won then. Mm. And so I took that as God's personal permission to go live a life of homosexuality. Okay. Um, I will say now that I don't think it was actually God's permission to go live a life of homosexuality. But what it was was an extension of his love that he is loving and long, long suffering and patient. And he would rather have the opportunity to draw someone back like myself than have them kill themselves. And then immediately the devil won right then. Right. (laughs) And so, um, and I also, you know, when I say that, I'm very cautious to say, I'm not automatically saying that anyone that kills themselves is going to hell. Mm -hmm. That's not the message I want left. Mm -hmm. But what I think it really was, was a realization now looking back that I wasn't actually saved then, even though I thought I was. Um, So fast forward a little bit, you know, I came out to my family. I moved uh, to Dallas. I started, um, you know, trying to see what what that life would look like for me. Um, We moved forward. Um, I my goal was to find someone that I could have as close to a marriage and a long term relationship as possible. Um, I didn't have a desire to just run around and go to clubs and hook up with a bunch of different people, although there was that as part of the process. That wasn't what I really wanted. Um, I finally found um, found someone that I connected with. We were together for 11 years. Um, built successful business, 
really, I was extremely happy in my life. Um, I always say that I was gay, successful, and happy by all worldly standards. Mm-hmm. And so when we... Um, so in 2010, I came to Northwest Arkansas with my partner uh, to come to my niece's high school graduation. Um, my partner and I, we had gone to church the majority of the time we were together, so it was never a rejection of God or rejection of Jesus. Um, it just, we definitely were walking without full understanding. <laughs> and um, so we came uh, after my niece's graduation. Uh, the next day, my whole family, my partner and I, we all went to a little church in Centerton. Um, and during worship, I just had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that was like nothing I'd ever, ever encountered before. Um, and he just poured out his love for me, Jason Maxwell. Yes, he died for everyone, but he made it real with me that day that even if it had just been me, he would have paid the same price. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and what he left, I left that experience with was that um, in order to walk out his plan, I had to leave the life that I had. Um, and that he never intended for me to be gay, and that wasn't who he created me to be. And um, that my time was short, and my eternal life was in jeopardy. Mm. And in that moment, it instilled so much fear and urgency. Um, Not that he put the fear there, but the (laughs) enemy put the fear there. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was so much fear that I really was about to die, and that I had screwed it all up. And so I needed to do something quick. Mm. Um, over the next week, he just continued to buffet me and say, are you going to listen? Are you going to listen? And so uh, within three weeks, I had left my partner, closed my business, moved to Northwest Arkansas to find who God said I was. If I had it all wrong, who am I? Um So there's been so much that has happened um, since then. Uh, You know, uh, I had another, well, I've had a lot of amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit, actually. But one in particular, um, a couple weeks after I got here to Northwest Arkansas, uh, where I was just mad and I was angry standing at the altar. And I was like, look, I stepped out in faith. The rest is up to you. I did my part and now it's your turn. You need to transform my mind. You rewire my mind. Take away all the images I have in my mind that created me to think that that's who I was. Take away the impact of those sexual experiences and the pornography and everything else. And show me who you meant for me to be. And in that moment, I literally felt waves of heat going back and forth between my hands um, through my mind. And I walked away from the altar that day, never questioning who he created me to be. Mm. I won't say that the enemy hasn't ever tried to put temptation in front of me or things like that. But because I know who I am and I'm firmly seated in who I am, it's easy to take any of those thoughts captive and submit them to the obedience of Christ and move on. Mm -hmm. And so there was a true transformative work from the inside out that happened that day. And um, so... You know, uh, I'm now married. I have three amazing kids. Um, Just being a dad and having the opportunity to see our own kids' growth and, you know, seeing, 
you know, the differences in our three-year-old and our six-year-old and our 15-year-old and being able to look and go, wow, one is totally empowered by the Holy Spirit and moving forth in her own purposes. And the other two are still working to get there, you know, Mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, it's funny how many parallels God will draw for me when I'm talking to one of my kids and go, yeah, and you were like 33 and still acted that way. You know, (laughs) I'm like, awesome, (laughs) you know, so, but... But it is, you know, um, it's so important that we realize how much our kids can teach us Mm -hmm. and that while we are their parents and their dads and we're the, the ones that are supposed to be discipling and mentoring them into their journey, that it doesn't matter. We all have, God gives us all nuggets to share with other people mm-hmm. that sharpen them and encourage them and all of those things. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of my testimony. Um, when tell me ahead. tell me when you uh, and at some point along the way you got invited to a journey group. Right? Yes, T- yes, tell me about that. So um, this was I don't know probably three three or four years ago I think, um, and my pastor um, at the time I was over the men's ministry which in my own mind is just kind of mind boggling. I just think God has a huge sense of humor. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I was over the men's ministry at our church and our pastor had been invited and he said, well, I think, you know, if this is something that we're supposed to do, it's going to come through you and the men's ministry. So I'd like you to go. And so I went not really knowing what I was going for. And I sat down and I heard all about it and I was like, well, cool. And uh, so I got involved and, you know, what the journey really has done for me is it's taken all the things that over that first year after leaving Dallas and coming to Northwest Arkansas that the Holy Spirit walked me through on my personal journey. And it brought it all into a palatable um, tool, really, to use and, and allow me the opportunity to see not just the importance of discipleship, because I will say, like, I didn't have a good person to walk under who discipled me, but I had the best, which was the Holy Spirit. Right. And this has allowed me to see, you know, we can bring other people beside us and walk, walk through that journey and whatever those things are. And so it's given me a lot of awesome tools. Um, and I think it's been amazing because I can look back in each section of the journey and go, yeah, I remember when the Holy Spirit taught me this. Mm. I can remember when he showed me this. And so that in and of itself has really made me buy into influencers and what the organization does because it's super Holy Spirit driven. Right. Because I know how I got my freedom and I can see that freedom throughout the pages of the journey. Mm-hmm. So uh, at what point did you decide to start a nonprofit? Is it after the journey? or um, No, I, I already had started forming our nonprofit um, because I knew where we were headed, but I didn't have any idea how we were going to get there or exactly what it looked like. Um, and so, so our nonprofit was formed, but there's been – it's been in very infant stages for a long time. Um, and the journey has really helped pull all that together mm-hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit and God to really give me direction um, in what, what that's going to look like. And so, you know, as you and I have discussed um, just recently, 
God really has told me to totally let grow of of my worldly career and step into full-time ministry and be able to walk in total abandonment and absolute trust, including the finances and provision for my own family. Yeah. Which I will say is the hardest thing he has asked me to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there is a big difference in, in trusting God to bring me clients versus trusting God to just put money on my door when I don't think I've actually like done something of service necessarily you right, know, and, right. and realizing that what he is calling us to is a big service for his kingdom and people that, that come into it. So. so so, what's the name of the nonprofit? So um, Flames to Fire Ministries. Okay. And uh, we're based out of Centerton. Uh-huh. And really, you know, what our, our focuses are, you know, is reconciling the lost to Jesus mm-hmm. um, and uh helping transform not us personally transforming but through walking people through discipleship and and those types of things when we reconcile them and they get that intimate abiding relationship with christ then it allows for their transformation from the inside out Mm -hmm. um you know i think the church a lot of times does a lot of injustice uh for people same with other step programs in the fact that Um, It's more about conforming to standards Mm -hmm. and making yourself fit in and look the part versus having that true intimate abiding relationship with Christ, which may mean you still look like a drag queen when you walk into church every day Mm. until that true transformation from the inside goes and God removes the outward appearance to match the inward work. Mm. And so equipping the church to be ready for that, mm-hmm. to be able to walk alongside those people. Uh, you know, personally, that's a challenge for even me um, at times because I never related to drag queens even when I was in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been funny how even I, having been in that lifestyle, still have all these judgments or had all these judgments towards individual different parts of that community you know mm-hmm. and so equipping the church uh, to be able to walk alongside those people so that God can do what he wants instead of constantly feeling uh, rejection by the church and different things like that but also equipping the individual to realize it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks it only matters what God thinks mm-hmm. and so as long as you're actively seeking that intimate abiding relationship with Christ and you're willing to walk out and allow him to prune you um, then you can be transformed into his image and does this happen a lot through one-on-one counseling or is it support groups or how do you guys um, so so a combination. Um, so one of the things that God has uh, really uh, placed in front of us um, for 2020 is really establishing um, some retreat uh, weekends that are going to be made up of groups of like eight to ten individuals that struggle with same-sex attraction and their identity and things like that. And um, just helping them deal with, you know, why they're where they're at. And, you know, is it the right thing for them or is that not really God's plan? And letting them, it's never about trying to convince somebody. Like our motivation is never to change someone. Mm -hmm. 
our motivation is to introduce them to Christ Mm -hmm. and allow him to change whatever needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. So our goal is not sin focused. It's always relationship focused. And so those retreats will be kind of like um, that introduction to what that can look like in their lives. Mm -hmm. And then if they choose to, then they can uh, begin a discipleship and mentor mentee process with us. Um, We don't really refer to it as counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the secular world definitely refers to it as counseling probably. Um, But for us, it truly is discipleship because it's about getting them to, to walk out that relationship, which is, you know, why we think the journey is so valuable um, in that process. And you and I were talking, uh, yeah, you'd love a lot of these people to go through the journey because you've seen what it does. Right. But, but some people may need some intensive yeah. help before they can, are ready for the journey. So, yeah. so you know, I, I look at how um, – so we have our own own things on the front side of the journey that we'll be doing, um, which really will help people better understand the environment they've grown up the environment they've grown up in Mm -hmm. what's gone on in their lives Mm -hmm. that has led them to a place like I was led to a place of thinking it was my only choice Mm -hmm. um to the point that I didn't even feel like it was a choice. My choice was life or death. Mm. Um, it wasn't a choice of whether I was gay or wasn't gay. It was a choice of life or death because Mm. being gay was the only way I could see that I was created. Um, and so a lot of that, like, looking just straight at influencers term I look at that as we have to do what um, influencer did with the refugee Mm -hmm. and when he first found him he didn't start telling him all about the greatness of the kingdom and all of the things that God was going to do (laughs) in the castle he got off of his horse and he gave him water and he gave him food yeah And so that's what we look at when we look at the front side of of our discipleship program is it's about helping people better understand so they can decide, do you want to go on the journey back to the castle or would you rather stay here in your current situation? And that choice is theirs. We're not going to drag anybody back to the castle, but we want them to know that there is an option. Well, and I, I, a friend of mine told me years ago, you have to people have to know you love them before you can ever even evangelize or, or witness to them. They right. have to see the love first before they might or receive your words or right. any help. So, um, have you been able to help some people so far? Already? Absolutely, you've we've, had some success stories. We we definitely have. Um, we've had several several people completely lay down the things they were doing and step into the fullness of their relationship with Christ. Um, that comes in a lot of different forms so there's people that that were in marriages um that were just hiding all of their sexual activities Mm -hmm. um but that was destroying their marriage because they weren't (laughs) operating by god's standard within it um so we've been able to help people um in that situation i've also helped people who were fully in the lifestyle who have realized No, my relationship with God was more important before I went into the lifestyle, and I want that back. Mm. And they realize that that is a hindrance in their relationship with God. So they've made the decision to just set that aside. So for some of them, it's about living a chaste life and, and just not acting on it Mm -hmm. Um, and for others it's like me just a true radical transformation where the Holy Spirit has come in and completed a work very quickly and then walking that out and what that looks like and we have um, friends 
all across the country and the world, actually, that God has set free. There's thousands and thousands of us that he has set free, not directly through my ministry, but that he has done that work in. So there's no question the importance of it and the ability of him to do it. Um, It's more we don't ever hear about it in society. Right. When he did this for me, I really thought that I was the only person. And why did he make me change? Or why why did he... It went from why did he make me change to why are you the only one you've helped? Why am I the... Why did you choose me to, like, set me free? But what about my hundreds of other gay friends that need the same thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, and that's taken a long, I mean, that's been a journey in and of itself, trying to reconcile that in my own mind. And but what you're saying is there really are a lot more other people. Absolutely. Are, and, and you're starting to get connected to other people at the same. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the same calling. One of the, the cool things we just did was we went to Washington DC and there was 20 of us from around the country who have all been completely set free of our homosexuality, um, who went to DC, met with congressmen and staffers, um, just to let them know that we, d- we do exist. Mm-hmm. The media doesn't give us a voice, but we still have a voice. And our opinion is equally as important in this society as anyone who doesn't agree with our opinion. Mm. Um, and for us, well, me personally and our ministry and our family's ministry, it is not about convincing someone to walk out of that lifestyle. If that's really if you're happy where you're at and that's where you want to be, then, you know, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who aren't happy, mm-hmm. who are really miserable, um, who never would have chosen it for themselves, who never have found peace in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so they just continually go from relationship to relationship, hoping that one day they'll find that peace when the real relationship they need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people like me who... We we were perfectly happy. We had found peace in our mess, basically. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons God did radically transform me, because it was the only way for him to pull me out, mm-hmm. because I was happy where I was. Yeah. But what he has given me is not happiness, but a real sense of purpose empowered with joy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so in that DC trip, you know, the amazing doors that God opened um, for twenty individuals that don't really usually have a voice, and the voice that He was able to give us um, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I think that's important, like a lot of people have asked me, well, why are you even bothering to go DC? Um, and really. For me, like the last part of our ministry and our ministry focus really is about establishing the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and bringing heaven to earth. And, you know, Jesus came and he had to establish his kingdom. And he did that through um, bringing forth his government Mm -hmm. into earth. And as ambassadors of Christ, it's important that we make his government known and that means meeting with other governments including our own that we live here in the u.s and realizing that there are more than one way of doing things and um and so when we if we want heaven to move 
um, in our situations here in the United States, then we need to operate based on a kingdom government and a kingdom mindset versus a worldly standard. Yeah. You know, um, I was, you did an event a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. just to raise awareness for the ministry and all that. And, and then uh, you shared with me some, there were some posts on social media and there was a lot of uh, confusion out there and people wanting to protest in the gay community. Yes. And they were, it was interesting, they were calling it a conversion therapy event or Correct. something. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and ultimately, I think there's a lot of confusion that, the, and the devil's the king of confusion. Absolutely. He's always confusing us. And, right. And not just this issue, but all sorts of issues. Sure. And I don't think God's a God of confusion. Right. Um, so, and I thought it was interesting. You told me that uh, you were able to come and invite the protesters in, mm-hmm. and some of them were pleasantly surprised at what was going on. Is that right? Yes. Tell, tell about that real quick. So, um, you know, media has really grabbed hold. Well, let me just put it back to the LGBT agenda, which is really the human rights campaign's agenda, um, along with ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center and a few others, um, have, it's really uh, to move forth and undermine uh, the freedom of religion in the United States more than anything else. And they do it in this beautifully packaged um way mm-hmm. um, and so they take a lot of words and transform the meaning in society through media and other outlets um, and so conversion therapy is something that didn't even exist three years ago nobody mm-hmm. knew what conversion ther- well maybe four years ago didn't even know what conversion therapy was and really it's restorative therapy Um is which is just one-on-one talk therapy you know that's done on the secular side or you know within the church it's a pastor talking to his congregant okay. you know and just helping helping walk through like their life and and the things and giving guidance mm-hmm. um, but like with anything there are I, so what they have spun it into is that literally people are taking electrodes and attaching them to people's genitals and showing them porn and things like that okay. and then electrocuting them to do what is used to be known as aversion therapy. Okay. Okay. And so – but that is not what the majority of – counselors or anything do. Everyone has long since and long since agreed that that's not okay. Right. Right. And so, you know, I don't know anybody who's actually experienced that personally. I won't say that that hasn't ever happened because I think we have plenty of, plenty of examples that there are evil people in the world that have done evil things under the guise of it being good. Mm -hmm. Um, And that certainly is not what we do. Mm -hmm. And again, I think a lot of that goes back to we aren't sin focused. So we could care less. Well, not that we could care less, but our focus isn't whether you actually are going out and sleeping with another guy or another girl or whatever. Our focus is that you find an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. And if he does that, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you're just brainwashed. Well, the reality of that is kind of true. 
because when you meet Jesus and you encounter the Holy Spirit, the whole point is to wash your brain, (laughs) wash your mind, body, and spirit, and just allow his spirit to renew you. He changes our thinking. He changes our hearts. If if transformation exists, you're not going to walk out with all the dirt of the world. Right, right. That's right. Well, um, I know we're running low on time, but uh, what would you say to believers out there that uh, don't know how to deal with people that they encounter that are mm-hmm. gay and all that? You know, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, maybe the basic thing was, you know, we're supposed to love everybody, right. you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. Right. But, but what would you say from your perspective? So I think it's really important, just like if you're you have encounter a drug addict uh-huh. and you've never had any experience with drug addiction. It's better to connect them with a resource that has that experience. Yeah. And so that's really what I would say to your average churchgoer today and even your average pastor who hasn't personally walked that is connect them and connect yourself with resource of someone like ourselves at Flames to Fire Ministries who have walked out of that. Yeah. Not because you don't have a voice into that situation, because certainly you do, but make sure that you are empowered and that you've been given the tools to do it so that it is received as love. Because a lot of times we do things in love or we are trying to do them in love, but we don't realize the words that we're using are going to be it's like talking two different languages sometimes are going to be received completely differently and so being connected with a ministry that can help you find the right words and the right way of going about things and realizing the trigger points and things that people within the community often have gotten to so you can avoid those pitfalls that's a good uh analogy or comparison, you know, because it's kind of like if someone's dealing with this, it's not like, you know, we, we tend to want to say, just get your act together, you know, right. just quit doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. Right. Well, that's like telling a drug addict, why don't you just quit mm-hmm. using drugs? Well, it's easier said than done. I right. mean, it's, it, they got to have some help and right. counseling or, or prayer, a lot of prayer and people mm-hmm. come alongside. So, so, um, you know, our, our influencers network has thousands of men and women across the country and, and I'm, it, it's large enough now that I know that there's men and women who are struggling with same sex attraction. Right. Or they have someone in their family, you know, or one of their children, you know. There's uh, rarely a family that's not impacted at some level. <laughs> I, I hear about it more and more every day, you right. know, or like I said, my own children are, are encountering it, you know, in different ways. And right. I'm trying to help them know what they should do and how to how to deal with this, you know. And so so um, tell people how to get in contact with you if they want to learn more from your ministry. Yeah, and all that. absolutely. So um, you can uh, visit our website, which is Flames the number two fire.com. Okay. Um, they can also email me at Jason at flames to fire.com, or you can um, text or call me at four, seven, nine, two, zero, two, 10, 10. And, um, you know, we are in the process of redoing our website and uh, preparing all the new resources and that kind of stuff that, that need, need to be out there to equip the church. Um, and so we're really you know, grateful and also looking for people to come alongside of us in mm-hmm. prayer and financial support and um, opening the doors to churches that we don't have access to right now so that we can help equip them as well. Yeah. So. And your full testimony, written testimony is on the website. It right? is. If they want to hear more about what happened with you and all that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is on there. And there are also some um, YouTube versions of it and things like that. Yeah. 
As we wrap up here, Jason, I just felt led to do this. Would Can I ask you to say a prayer for anybody out there that's listening to this who's struggling with the same things yeah. and, and needs to be set free? And would you say a prayer for them? Absolutely. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for how awesome you are. I thank you for your heart of love that that goes out to all of your creation, Father, that we were all created in your image and your identity and and that you have made available through the blood of Jesus this relationship, this ability to find you and restore and walk in wholeness in all of our situations, Lord. I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that just goes forth, that empowers us to live out transformed lives, that is our counselor and our guide, that enables us to to see truth, Lord. I thank you that as you move forward, that you are bringing forth your identity, that you are removing the confusion from this earth, Father God, that the enemy has no power, that he can no longer deceive, Father God, but that that your truth will begin to shine through, that the media of this country will begin to see your truth, Father God, that every person out there who is struggling with same-sex attraction, whether it come from abuse or family situations or just not connecting with men in their own lives or women in their own lives, all of the different environmental factors, Father God, that lead us into feeling like we have no choice. Or if you're feeling like... Suicide's the only option, Father God. We just speak against the spirit of suicide right now in Jesus' name and demand that it have no effect. Just command that it leave each and every person, each and every hearer that can hear, Father God, that it must leave right now in Jesus' name. Allow your healing virtue through your Holy Spirit to impact and uh, fill each and every person, Lord. Just continue to draw them to you like you drew me to you, Father God. I know that you are a respecter of no man Mm -hmm. and that what you will do for one, you will do for any. The journey may look different, Father God, but your willingness is always there. You are willing and you are able and you care for each and every person that hears this, Lord. Just begin to take the steps to, to rebuild that relationship with your Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for making this opportunity available. Thank you for your willingness to get in the details of our life and sift through the mud and the mess that the world has placed upon us. That you don't see the mud and the mess, Lord, but that you see the treasure, the gold, the treasures within each and every person that you have created. You see the truth of their plan and the truth of your plan for them, Father. And I just thank you for this. I thank you for your transforming work in each and every person's life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Well, uh, we love you and we're just proud of you. And uh, you. thank you for your courage. And uh, anyway, we'll, we'll keep praying for, for you and your ministry. Thank so, you. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.
me.